This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Cheaters, and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League podcast. My name is Brandon, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Josh. Josh, Hello. how are you doing? I'm doing well. I, I jumped the gun there. for like the, I was right ahead yeah, of you. I'm so excited to say don't hello. Don't step over me. <laughs> now, as our regular listeners will know, we're recording this episode a little later in the week, and it's off a regular schedule, but I think that that might benefit you guys, because now we have a lot to talk about with the uh, two rounds of Champions League fixtures that were played on Tuesday and Wednesday. That's true. And we've already recorded a full episode that didn't get recorded. Yeah. So, so we, we <laughs> so we've already lined knowledge... up all the, all the jokes that we're going to make. and, and the... <laughs> We have all of our marks ready to hit. The only thing that will change will be the prices, the FPL prices that we reference. That's right. So let's, uh, uh, let's give the rundown real quick of what we're going to discuss in this episode. Um, we're going to visit our ever-growing mini league hail cheaters we want to give a big welcome to all the new managers who have joined this week we're up to uh, close to 75 managers now yeah i think we're at 73 and then we've got one person who's joining at the um you know at the next uh, points thing the next, <laughs> yeah like the whenever whenever they reset the game i think is when they yeah. when they log the new managers in there and yeah, 73 plus bobby gasol coming soon welcome bobby We'll give a big welcome to all the new managers every week. So maybe we'll hopefully we'll just get one new manager each time. <laughs> uh, but the, uh, you were making the point, uh, Josh, you were bemoaning the fact that all the managers joining are actually good and driving us further and further down the mini league table. It's it's really mixed. I mean, it's when I say mixed blessing, I mean, it is it is like 98 percent a blessing and 2 percent a curse, because every week now I have this red arrow that greets me. Uh, every time there's a new points update, and I, you know, it's I think that eventually, you know, I'm gonna like, I'm gonna hit that triple captain button, and then I like jump ahead, you know, I'm gonna get that like turbocharge, you know, it's gonna be like that movie Need for Speed, <laughs> you know, I'm just gonna like <laughs> jump, just and, zoom back. An interesting way to look at it for me is we've been playing the, FD. the movie I have not seen, by the way. 
Is that the one with um, uh, the guy from Breaking Bad? Yeah, of course. Who will forever, know, forever, and ever be known as that guy from Breaking Bad? <laughs> Jesse, I guess we Jesse can call Pinkman. him. But an interesting way for me to look at the Hail Cheaters Mini League is we've been playing the FPL for about five years now, and we have a private league with some of our friends. And by this point, we pretty much know every move that they're going to make. And it's just a, more or less a game of defense. So uh, being bombarded with all these new uh, managers and Hail Cheaters from all around the world, it's it, it's fun to see what all the squads are looking like, kind of taking me a little by, little bit by surprise. I think so too, and you see, it, it's amazing how you know we we. Um, I was talking to you about this earlier. Um, you know when Alexis Sanchez had his um, you know, huge game over the weekend, and you know scored you know you had a twenty point game, right? Like one of the best things that can happen if you're if he's on your team, and you know even if you didn't captain him, it's just a huge haul, right? Mm-hmm. And um, Massive. I was like, and, and so you know in our little our little mini league, I was like, oh well, this is this is tremendous, and then it turns out that. Basically, everybody already had Alexis Sanchez. Right. You know, like he's, he's owned by like, I mean, his ownership, you know, at, at, at the start of the weekend, I think it was a little under 10%. Um, but somehow everyone in our league had Sanchez, you know. So I think there is like a certain group think that um, it's nice to see um, not happening here in the Hail Cheaters League. So yeah. anyway, the Hail Cheaters mini league, Colin Bothwell, we'll get to you soon. After that, we're going to introduce a new segment called Trending Topics. Mm-hmm. It is replacing last week's segment, yeah, which, where, didn't, which where didn't quite work. I, I completely humiliated myself for slandering Juan Mata, who is apparently once again the greatest player in the Premier League. Yeah, uh, it looked incredible. Did you see the pass today uh, for the Chris Smalling's goal in the Champions I, League? I didn't. I didn't. I, I just saw a lot of tweets saying Juan Mata is a genius, et cetera, et cetera. He was at like a 90 degree angle to goal and he like kicked it off his back foot and it, you know, went like lobbed over like five fenders and landed at the foot of Chris Smalling, who, who was able to knock it in ahead of the goalkeeper. It was an incredible goal. I'll have to see it to believe it. I'm not sure I believe you at this point. <laughs> so trending topics, we're actually going to, instead of uh, trying to be provocative with unpopular opinions, we're just going to discuss the, um, the hottest topics of the week for FPL managers and uh, give you our hot takes, I guess, is the is the pretty down and dirty way to describe it, right? Yeah, that sounds right. And then we'll uh, give a, a quick rundown of all the action we saw on, in Game Week 7 before we get into our preview of Game Week 8 and how we're looking to set our team. Speaking of setting our teams, I have a bit of an issue with my own squad right now. Uh, yeah, I, so I saw on Saturday, late Saturday night, I see this this post from Twitter that says... What it was something like help like save Brandon. He's about to make a twelve point hit. Yeah. Um, now, how how serious were you when you said that? I mean, were you really were you that despondent that that like a twelve pointer was really on the? I've never taken twelve points in in all all five years of playing. I don't think uh, I have. Maybe I've taken an eight point once. I don't think I have taken a 12-point hit either, but how serious was I? I remember it was Saturday, probably around 4 in the afternoon, after all the games had completed, and I said to my wife, I'm going to the bar to get a drink. And I didn't say it in like, oh man, I really have to have a drink, my life sucks. I hope you said that, like, yeah, like, like I would be alone. <laughs> yeah. I need to be alone right now. <laughs> no, it's more like she was doing her thing, and I felt I had to get out of the house. So mm-hmm. that's what I chose to do. 
So there I was um, sitting at this uh, little spot around the corner for me, the Gold Star Beer Counter. Uh, we should note, by the way, that you don't have Alexa Sanchez, which I think was a, 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 a may have may have fueled this this bar trip. That was part of it. And you and I, Josh, were in a very heated head-to-head every week competition called the Fifty Buck Cup, which we have mentioned a couple times in the pod. So every Sanchez goal was. Um, farther away than than, that i was getting from my own personal goal of beating you and to this point in the fpl game i had a leg up on you and within the last two weeks thanks to the hashtag save josh you've Mm -hmm. you've managed to turn your squad around yeah i've I've jumped up about seven hundred and fifty thousand spots in the last two weeks so So i'm approaching respectability again i'm still you know I'm, i'm out of the two millions finally so what's my lead on you right now like 12 points i think yeah, maybe a little bit less. <laughs> <laughs> so there I am. I'm sitting at the bar, um, and I'm, I'm looking at my squad on my phone, and I'm thinking, what do I have to do to right the ship? And Paye, who is another guy, uh, uh, sorry, Juan Mata, Paye is another guy who I was wrongfully, I wouldn't say I was dim- dismissing him la- in the last episode of the pod. I was more or less saying I haven't paid enough attention to him. I right. acknowledge right. that he was is and was a bandwagon, but he just wasn't one that I did any research on. Mm-hmm. You you had a larger problem going into the. I mean, you know, it's possible he might have been someone you could bring in if yeah, David Silva, this David Silva issue, the pressing Silva issue. Exactly. So I was so impressed with Hazard in that Arsenal game that I brought in Hazard to replace Silva. I had just enough scratch in the bank to make that work. Is this Eden Hazard or, or Thorgan, his younger brother? It's Eden, the very mm-hmm. the very popular Premier League player, Eden Hazard, the third best player in the world. Okay. So that's fine. He got an assist. Uh, I captained him, and I get 10 points there. But now my big problem, and as I'm sitting at the bar contemplating a 12-point hit, I'm looking at all of my Swansea assets. Mm-hmm. I've got Fabianski in goal, who came in off the bench for Joe Hart. Now we can talk about my goalkeeper strategy there another day. It's clearly like it was clearly I outsmarted bad myself. from the start. Yeah. So then I've got Andre Ayew in my midfield and a bet- Batafembi. Have we figured ba- out ba- how to? Ba- I think it's Batafembi. There you go, Batafembi Gomes up front. But he goes by Tim. Now, Tim Gomes and Ayu, they have failed to produce in the last three game weeks. Ever since I picked Ayu up, they've both gone cold. So this is a major concern of mine. And I, there are two guys that I want to bring in. I want to bring in Payet and I want to bring in Vardy. Now, these are like already I'm late to these bandwagons. These guys are the hottest guys in the game right now. I think Vardy is the most transferred in right now. And his price has already gone up this week. Yeah, and Payet is up to seven nine. He was at... I think he was at seven seven a week ago, uh, so you know, a bit of a change. And then yeah, Vardy's up to six point five now. So listeners, bear with me here. It goes deeper than this. My other problem is Mark Albrighton, who sits on my bench. So now I am tripled up on Leicester players. I've got Robert Huth in the defense, Mares in the midfield, along with Mark Albrighton. So, all right, to bring Vardy in, I'd have to get rid of one of these Leicester players. And to get Payet in, uh, say for AU, uh, I, I, would all, I would have to free up some cash. Mm-hmm. So the only way for me to get Vardy and Payet in would actually be to burn 12 points. So this is, <laughs> this is a faulty strategy. Uh, you just you would never get the return to justify it. I wouldn't, it. yeah. I, yeah, see, because see, you'd, you'd need Jamie Vardy to score 
like two or three goals away to Norwich in, in game week eight, and you, you know, and you have to captain him or something to really to really reap the rewards here. And that's assuming that that Gomez does nothing at home to Stoke City, which um, I don't see any reason why. Or actually, I think they're home to uh, to uh, Spurs. Excuse me, but you know, I mean, he certainly could score at home to Spurs, Gomez. So here you see, this is when I acknowledge that I'm hitting the panic button and I send out the cry for help on the uh, at Hail Cheaters Twitter feed. Because uh, I think you're absolutely right. I th- this, but this is uh, this is interesting to talk about for FPL managers. Just the whole idea of panic, because you know that feeling when you feel like you've got your squad all wrong, and the only the only way to get back into the game is no matter what cost, just get the team you need. It's a tough. It's a tough spot. I mean, obviously, um, I'm, not, I'm not saying that that's a justifiable way to play, but a, yeah. that's just a a mode of thinking that you can get in when you're having a truly poor game week. I think what's interesting is that Gomez like is almost turning into a differential now. I mean, you know, not not quite yet, but you know, he was a very he was really the, he was the popular transfer choice for um, for uh, Martial. And uh, I think a lot of people are now looking at the problem is a lot of people have Gomez and Kellen Wilson, so a lot of people are going to have to stick with him at least through this weekend. Yeah, um, because there, there's a more pressing issue elsewhere, and and, I, and know, we'll get to Kellen Wilson in our in our hot new uh, our hot new segment trending topics. Yeah, which uh, whew, excited about that one. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I, I I hear what you're saying. So in the end, do you think you might burn? I mean, is it one of those things where either you're burning eight or you're not burning any points at all? Like it's not worth. I mean, what, what what's your thinking? You know, three days no, on. I I do see three days on. I've I've calmed myself down a bit. So the one move I was considering was in light of all of that to keep Gomez. But if Ayu is pinpointed as the problem, not even that he's the problem, but. I, you really want Payet going into that Sunderland fixture, don't you? Because that that just reeks of of points for your West Ham players. So, because and you don't I, have the money in the bank to make a straight swap. Because I don't have money to make the straight swap, it's got to be Ayu to Kuyate, who is uh, getting goals. He's uh, much cheaper. I mm-hmm. could get money back in the bank, and that gives me West Ham coverage for the Sunderland game. So that means I hang on to Gomez, and I do subscribe to that theory that it, it's a three. It's just a three-game blip for Swansea. It's not that Gomez doesn't look dangerous. And maybe I think Kiati is kind of an interesting move. Um, I think that uh, it, so you wouldn't Paye would just be off the table. Then you just want you really just want West Ham. You know, representation. I don't see. I don't. See, well, okay. So a move to get Paye in to burn four points. I would bring in, say, somebody like Igalo for Gomez. That would free up enough cash for me to turn AU into Paye. So I have Paye in my midfield and Igalo instead of Gomez up front. Right, but Igalo away to um, away to Bournemouth is not a yeah significantly stronger. Um, you know, I I mean, I I think that's like that's like six of one half dozen of another. So the other concern about Gomez then, and we had a uh, somebody raised this on the Transfer Hub Facebook message board about do do you just stick with Gomez? He's at home, but the problem is he was subbed off at halftime in game week seven. Yeah, I think that was just a tactical move, though. Um, you know, that, that by all accounts, Gomez is, you know, maybe it was needed. He just had to, you know, shake him from his whatever, you know, get his get his form back, get his confidence back. I just I don't know. I mean, the right. If you see of, if you see a struggling striker out there and he's not getting any opportunities, it's only just going to further dismantle his his yeah. mentality. 
Exactly. I mean, the guy has still scored four goals this season, uh, had 45 different offsides calls against him. You know, he's a very dynamic player. Um, I think, uh, I don't know. I mean, part of it is I just trust Gary Monk, too. Uh, you know, I have a lot of confidence in him as a manager, and I, I assume that he'll be able to find a way out of it. I mean, I don't really think that, that Eater is going to start taking all of his minutes. I mean, I don't think anyone is so impressed with Eater that, that there's going to be some sort of Eater versus Gomis debate that develops. I mean, it's it's impossible because, as we know, Eater is the, the game eater, the game eater uh, mm. also known as the sin eater. And whenever he <laughs> steps onto the field, the game is officially over. Pretty much true. Yeah. I mean, nothing happens once Eater steps on. This I is thought all that the... he might take the penalty uh, at, at the end of that Southampton game. Um, I was, God, it was, it was like when Sigerson stepped up, I, I like had forgot about him somehow. You know, it was like I forgot he was even on the team. <laughs> I would love to see Sigurdsson do a, a cover of "Forgot About Dre," but instead <laughs> of Dre, he says uh, Sigurdsson. I was also very surprised that he was able to vulture a bonus point in that three-one game. <laughs> That must, that must have hurt a little this bit. This is the, the season of vultured bonus points. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I guess this is all mag- uh, masking my true disappointment, which is I have Ozil for, as my Arsenal midfielder, where now yeah. all the people who have Sanchez are 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 just really happy. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you're really in a tough spot now because the the bandwagon's bigger. So if anything happens, it, it hurts you even more. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's it's one thing if. Uh, you know, at this point, like if Eden Hazard has bigger turns, it doesn't really hurt. Well, if you didn't have him, uh, you know, if he had bigger turns, it wouldn't really hurt you because he's not a widely owned player. So there's less value. Well, now I'm looking at his uh, selected by percentage, and it's thirty percent. But is that maybe just by ghost teams? Uh, Alexis Sanchez or Eden Hazard? Uh, I'm talking about Hazard. That has to be. I, I don't think that, and, and I say this as someone who has foolishly held onto Hazard way too long. Right. Right. Uh, but I mean, I think that. I feel like the people people who are really trying to who are you know who are wild carding who are trying to put together the best possible team they can I don't I don't think most of them have Hazard on their team. Yeah, and Hazard is nowhere to be found uh, on the transfers in uh, list from the that, FPL. Uh, he's yeah. he's way he down just, there be, behind Danny Drinkwater. Even if you wanted to bring him in, it's hard to do right now at his price. I mean, he's you know he's down to eleven three, uh, but eleven three is a lot of money to free up. And what are you gonna, who are you gonna trade him in for? I mean, you're not gonna bring him in for Alexis. You're not gonna bring him in for any of the Man City midfielders. Um, yeah. You know, there's not really an option. You know, unless you like just somehow have four point five million in the bank, right. it's very hard to turn anybody into him. Oh, and there are so many seven million options right now that are appealing that. Um, I mean, I'm actually. I feel like I'm like I, I'm actually talking myself into getting rid of Hazard this week, and I. That's something we can get to in a minute. But I, I, I'm really. I'm, I'm wondering whether it might make sense to just drop Hazard and bring in one of the Man City midfielders. Yeah. Um, it's. Yeah, my, you know, my, I'm still. My, I still have a lot of reluctance just based on how he's done the last few years. I mean, he has. They have two home fixtures in a row. It, it kind of feels like I'm stuck with him for a while, you know. And and Chelsea, when they're when they're on form, which they're obviously not, and they you know they lost to Porto in midweek. Um, you know, when they're on form, they're they're basically fixture proof. I mean, it doesn't matter who they're playing. You know, I mean, they could play away to to Man City, and they're still a team that you who you, you'd start all their players. And, so yeah, I don't know. And it's tough Pe- Pedro is probably is also a, a widely owned Chelsea player. And again, given the choice, I think everyone at this point uh, in the game would take Hazard over Pedro. Yeah, I think I think so. And just based on the way they've looked, I mean, you know the. Yeah, I know he was nursing a, a knock or something. Um, 
but I, I think that um, Hazard has looked the better player in um, the last two games, you know, against Arsenal and, and Newcastle. Um, I mean, Pedro had an awful shank at the end of that Newcastle game. Yeah. I, I think my heat, my big issue with Ozil right now that became truly apparent uh, with Alexis's hat trick over the weekend was Ozil and every play was looking for the pass, never looking to score. And maybe that's just a sign of him being a great teammate and recognizing <laughs> that Alexis was on fire and trying to yeah. get him the ball. Yeah. But I, it's clear you're only going to see assist points coming from Ozil this season. I had Ozil for like eight frustrating weeks last year and it... It was just you could he was one of the like for whatever reason I just couldn't I couldn't get rid of him. I had, you know, surgery to do elsewhere or whatever, but it's just so yeah, he's a very frustrating player. Yeah, he's he's a leftover from when everyone was picking Arsenal to run riot all over the league. Yeah, that's true. Season. And now and now Theo Walcott is almost the same price as Ozil. I think he's uh he's down to eight point five. It looks like he's gonna be starting every week. Um, I mean, it's amazing. That it would take a lot for me to bring in Walcott at this point, just based on how much it really yeah. derailed my team the first three weeks of the season. I don't know. He seems to be heating up, though. I mean, he is he is 8.5. I mean, an 8.5 Arsenal midfielder who's playing out of position, it's, yeah. you know, it's it's something you have to at least consider. I mean, you have to throw your bias away and, and at least be open to the possibility of, of bringing him in. Absolutely. Well, that's that's enough surgery on my team, do you think? Mm-hmm. I think so too, and uh, yeah, I, I actually don't have too much to say about my own team this this week. Uh, I, I had a, I had fifty points, which is uh, a little above average. The Lukaku, you know, the two goals and the assist from Lukaku, I, I threw the average up a little a little higher. I didn't have them on my team, uh, but a week I was I was happy with overall. And like I said, I, I jumped up a couple hundred thousand spots again. So, um, you know, working my way back into at least the top million is is the is the short-term goal yeah where we're both sitting right now any week you get a green arrow is i mean i guess it's not that easy to, it's not that difficult to get a green arrow uh, yeah you know at the sub 1.5 million mark the clean sheet watch continues though you're still this without is... a single clean sheet this season after seven game weeks it's incredible you couldn't you couldn't have seven weeks without a clean sheet if you tried. You got uh, an assist from your goalkeeper before you got a goal, uh, clean sheet. And I've had like four goals from my goalkeeper so far, or for my uh, for my defenders so far this season. <laughs> that would be from amazing if yeah. but, if Butland scored if he was on Tim the same Butler. number of goals as uh, Tim Gomes. <laughs> uh, no, I have. Uh, I think I have four goals from my defenders and some assists. But um, yeah, no clean sheets, and it, it's just incredible. I mean, I'm just you know, there's some some points chasing you. I brought in off two weeks ago, and I've had two zeros in a row from him uh i brought in uh, martin skirtle four weeks ago i thought i had kind of a cool i thought that gomez might get dropped and i was like well you know i don't want to bring in gomez i'll bring in skirtle i'll make the more conservative choice hey, you were right about that and but it was, didn't matter anyway i've, I've had one point <laughs> from him I, I think you probably you returns. got the same number of points from gomez it's true yeah in the last four weeks he since they brought him in his returns have been one one two and one uh-huh. I mean, absolutely. I mean, that, that team is just a disgrace right now. It truly is. Yeah, and I'm sitting on Nathaniel Klein. Why, why God, why? Why did I do that? <laughs> All right, should we get to our uh, our new segment? No, before we do that, let's get the rundown of who is ahead in the Hail oh, Cheaters yeah, right. Mini League. Of course, yeah. So, um, like I said, we're up to 73 managers, soon to be 74. Uh, hashtag Welcome Bobby. Uh, my favorite team name so far, and this is mainly the thing that I look for in the list, is mm-hmm. uh, sitting at number 50, Obi-Wan Kenobi Nil. So uh, well done to you, Jordy Wilson. You're, you're sitting at two, 291 points. 
All right, let's give it up for for IX Trees Down, uh, Colin Bothwell. Well done, sir. In, in great week, uh, back in number one where he was before. Uh, had a uh, played the all out attack this week, which worked out very well. I mean, the only player who didn't work in the all out attack was uh, was Mares. Uh but otherwise Sanchez, Captain Walcott, had De Bruin, had Paye, uh, had had Juve, um, had Callum Wilson, as many people did. So that, yeah. that one doesn't hurt too much. Yeah. Um, so yeah, back on top, up to he's about three thousand. And, and Craig Dawson, who I also have in my defense, and uh, when yeah. that goal went in, that. That did alleviate some of the sting I had <laughs> on the game week. Yeah, I think you and I had both wrote up the math that I, I had just a large enough lead on you. I had a 16-point lead going into this game with no players in the uh, the Everton-West Brown game. So even if you got a goal, an assist, and three bonus points from 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 him, it was not going to be quite enough to overcome. Yeah, you, you started G-chatting me about this math, and I just told you to stop immediately. <laughs> I, could, I couldn't bear it. Okay, so Colin Bothwell sitting uh, up top with IX Trees down. Who else is up there? Uh, Isle of Nabubu is in second. Uh, 61 games, very respectable. Uh, the Either either it's P or it's like a sideways like tongue sticking out. I don't know. I don't know which. I don't know what you think the, the, hmm. the Hugh Patrick Campbell's na- team name is. I'm gonna go with the um, the hit song from the band The Rentals, Friends of P. This is a reference to okay. that song, Friends of P. All right, so we, well, let's assume he's a huge Rentals fan, <laughs> yeah. and, and every year he he names his team after some song from the Rentals. <laughs> Yeah, I like that. Uh, tough week for the for the the, I, the two people who I think may have been in first and second place. Yeah, I think Hippo FC was three. first last week. Yeah, so he had uh, Pat Vivat had uh, twenty nine points. Um, kind of a tough week. I mean, the thing is, we we looked at a few teams. Um, I was taking a look at some of the teams that had uh, you know really poor point hauls this week, and it was all explainable. You know, I mean, my hill at home and. Uh, Gomis and Mares. If you had, you know, if you had Pedro Francis, a lot of people who could have come through just didn't, you know. And so, I actually think having, even though fifty is only four above the average, I actually think I got pretty lucky to get that that, that high of a score. Yeah, uh, it, given how many minefields there were this week. Yeah, it's true. I mean, you can look you can look at a lot of these teams and say, well, I see what you were trying to do there. Just yeah. you just had terrible luck. And then, yeah, shown off uh, Jesse Ruff, who uh, had 18 points. Uh, and the first time I saw that, I thought, well, maybe he took a point hit or something. But no, he just, he captain Wilson, uh, which was a reasonable thing to do. I mean, that Stoke City team is, you know, has been shipping goals all season. I don't think they kept, have they kept one clean sheet all year? I don't think they have. Wait, what team? Uh, Stoke City. Sorry, I totally zoned out there for a second. <laughs> no, Tony Pulis isn't managing there anymore. I don't know if you heard. Uh, no, I, I had not heard, but thank you for the thank you for the heads up. Jeff Cameron alone cannot keep clean sheets there. I think they're also really missing Ryan Shawcross not being in the back line. There was one. There was one team that I saw who I, I had to I had to. Oh yeah, Nick, poor Nicholas Timms. I, I felt bad for for Nick Timms. Yeah, did he, he had an issue with um, all out attack? Burn burn four points. Uh, had the, play the all out attack. Ended up with twenty eight points or more like twenty four with the with the four bonus points. Or with the four burn points. Uh, yeah, Captain Aguero. I mean, Captain Aguero was really what hurt a lot of people this week. Um, it's just hard to, um, you know, it's hard to believe that it's this is still happening. I mean, uh, I think we talked about this in the Phantom podcast. Uh, we, we did, uh, and I think we'll talk about Man City a bit in our trending topic segment, too. Do, do you remember how many how many bonus points Sergio Aguero has for the first seven weeks? I do remember. I, was, I, I think I had guessed two, but it was actually just one. 
No, it's zero. Oh, it's zero. <laughs> yes, yeah, zero bonus points. A steel one trap goal, over here. One goal, one assist. It's incredible. I mean, uh, it, the only thing that the only thing that gives me faith with Aguero is seeing uh, how transformed Alexis was um, yeah. over the weekend, and he went from being completely clumsy on the ball and totally off the pace to putting a really confident hat trick in, and yeah. then. And he scored an inspirational goal in the Champions League today, too. And your 90th minute goal away to, to Borussia Mönchengladbach. And, uh, you know, won, won, won the game for them. And yeah, Man City has not been playing, you know, I mean, traditionally, as we know, and they lost at home to Juve a couple weeks ago. Um, it's been, you know, Man City's had it pretty tough in the Champions League. So, you know, wonder if scoring that goal, maybe it inspires him, it gets his confidence up. It was only a penalty, but, you know, still. Still... Yeah, you, I feel like I've got to keep the faith with Aguero at this point. Yeah. All right, well, let's get, let's get to trending topics. Yeah, uh, but before we go, just if you are out there and you haven't joined Hail Cheater, the Hail Cheaters Mini League, you can do so by going to our site, alwayscheating.com. The league code is there. Also, you can just click on League and hit the auto-join button. So we'd love to have you. Yeah, and we won't make fun of you too much. <laughs> We make fun of ourselves a lot as well. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So trending topics, not segments about Juan Mata. Uh, That's right. Yeah. Last last week, you know, actually it worked out okay in the end because you, for whatever reason, that ended up becoming like a passionate ode to Juan Mata. You were sort of like, oh, I don't know how I feel about Juan Mata. And then I, I like talked extemporaneously for like 16 minutes yeah. about how, how nice it was. I opened a lot reliable... of mail. I opened a lot of mail while we were recording that. <laughs> how nice it was to have the reliable returns of Juan Mata week in and week out. Um, he's just and... been a little flaky the last – since he got yeah. to United, he's he, – I don't know if it's, it was his um, happenstantial playing time uh, yeah. or but whatever. But, but go. Now, Nice. Goal and assist, yeah, goal and assist today. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, goal and assist over the weekend. Looks looks great. Uh, playing with a lot of confidence. Pretty affordable. At eight, Sorry, I don't mean to go to Juan Mata. Right? Everyone knows Juan Mata is doing well. That's not part of our training topic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, so uh, our first question is the most pressing question, which I think a lot of people may have answered for themselves at this point. But what do we do with Callum Wilson? Who do we bring in to replace him? Because now he's out indefinitely with... A knee? Is it a ligament tear? Some some awful season-ending yeah. thing. So neither of us, as people who listen to the podcast, know we've both been Wilson haters in the face of overwhelming evidence to support yeah. it. He, so week in, week out, goals. Yeah, a bicycle goals kick couldn't even sway us. <laughs> uh, but many many people have him in the league, and it's it's a it's a tough spot. I mean, a lot of it obviously depends on how much money you have in the bank. Um, and this is always the problem with having a cheap third striker is that if they get injured or if they're not delivering, it's very hard typically to, to just to slide over. And, yeah, you know, unless take, you, take unless you have tons of funds in your bank, which you probably don't. Maybe you've got 1.5 mil at the most. Right. So I think there, there, there are a lot of interesting options. Um, you know, I don't know. Do you have a you know, if, if you if this if this were you, you know, who, who would you be bringing in this week, Brennan? Well, if I had just enough, uh, so the math right now is Wilson's down to 5.8. So if I had 0. 0.7 in the bank, I would go Jamie Vardy in a heartbeat. 
Right. Jamie Vardy makes a lot of sense. Um, I, I was mentioning this to you um, about how Vardy weirdly reminded me of uh, Swansea's former striker Michu over the weekend. <laughs> Both of his goals that couldn't drive Leicester to victory um, against Arsenal were just so well taken, so technically adept. Now, he plays a slightly different role than Michu did on Swansea, um, but... It it just uh, it's just so impressive how technically proficient he is, but also how crazy how he's also that crazy hustle utility guy. Yeah, I mean it's it's hard. And I, I, yeah, I, I think it was in the football ramble or something they said. But it's not that because I think he has some kind of trouble in his background, right? Like he's kind of. Some... Well, he he had an issue over the summer at a casino. He used a racial slur that was caught on video. Uh, he was okay. cussing out one of the dealers, who um, and it was not pretty. And all right, that, well, that's his can, most recent love, issue. Yeah, love love the narrative of the out of league striker. You know, making it to the premiership. You don't have to love the guy, right? So. Yeah, I mean, he's not in any danger of getting, like, a, a prison sentence or anything like that. Yeah. So he's, he's probably not going to miss any minutes because of this. <laughs> All right, so Vardy's interesting. Yeah, uh, Igalo Sok- is Sokko? A, oh, oh, Galo, another one. It's kind of um, an obvious pick, but I do share your concerns about uh, just banking on Watford. Watford is, has been a pretty sound and um, strong team thus far. Right. But they're, I, they're, still, they're still a promoted squad. There's still, yeah, and it was not an inspiring performance uh, at home to Crystal Palace over the weekend. I, I watched most of that game. It was, um, it's, I don't know. And you it's have actually, the flip side of the Agala coin and Dini. Yeah, I know. I, I, well, the, the, the Dini's, Dini's got to go as soon as possible. <laughs> Dini But out. it's it's actually impressive that they, I mean, they, they've racked up, uh, how many points? They're on seven through, or there are, there are, no, excuse me, there are nine points through seven games. So it's been a great start to the season, but when you watch them play, it's it's hard to be, Inspired. I mean, the 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 Dini Igalo link up play is the is the best thing. But the I, I don't know. I mean, it's like this. They've so many. Like I don't know. Their, their midfield is very strange. Um, from a fantasy point of view, I, don't, I have no idea which player you'd want. Uh, I know. Yeah, I, I know that Anya was the one in the championship who was like the huge assist provider. But it doesn't really seem like Anya is the one who's. Um, who anything's running through at this point? Um, they I guess it, they brought in this new guy Gerardo, who yeah. um, looks really good, but he hasn't quite f- uh, fit into the team just yet. Yeah, and uh, you know, Capoue is interesting uh, too. Um, obviously, he's a defensive midfielder, but he's playing all over the field. Um, you know, had an assist last week. Um, could have had an assist actually in this game, uh, and he's four point nine. So if you know, if you're one of those people who is looking to. You know, if you haven't played your wild card yet and you needed like a four point five to five million midfielder run at your team, you, you could do worse than than Kipue. I agree. Yeah, um, Gested is an interesting option if you're looking at Liverpool. His minutes have been really sporadic, but he did p- play a full ninety and got two goals. Yeah, uh, against Liverpool, so that that's got that's got to make you look yeah. at him. I think Sokka was probably was the player I would be looking at if I had Dini and I had the money. Uh, 6.6, has uh, scored the last two matches. Um, we saw last year that when he's on form, he's, he's a natural goal scorer. Um, I don't know. And I love the way that West Ham team's playing right now. I mean, kind of weird that they – I don't know. I mean, the, the West Ham-Norwich game is actually kind of a strange game. Um, they look pretty dominant at times, and Norwich – I don't know. That's like the second Norwich goal was kind of a – Kind of an odd one. I don't know. I think that um, Norwich scoring an odd goal. 
Yeah, every, anyone every, anyone who, who owns George R. R. Russell Martin wouldn't know anything about that. <laughs> uh, so they have um, three of their next four are away, West Ham, and the third match is home to Chelsea, which, um, I mean, given the way they played against the top sides this year, I guess would you wouldn't feel too bad about that game or, or too um, – you keep thinking it's going to end, this this string of West Ham performances where they where they, they dominate yeah, um, it, superior it, opposition. It happened with Stuart Downing last season where he was a man possessed in that midfield for West Ham. And then – And now the, he's in Middlesbrough. <laughs> yeah, look at, look at your boy now. Where is he now? He's in Middlesbrough. <laughs> So, yeah, the fear is with West Ham that they'll just drop off. I mean, that was, of course, under a completely different manager. Yeah. So there, there are two other strikers who are interesting, um, both players to, that, that you would maybe want to look at if you had no money at all um, or, you know, wanted to take some of that Wilson money and, and move it somewhere else, maybe bring in a Man City midfielder or something. Uh, and that is actually, the, the, well, okay, so the, the one for this week would be Cameron Jerome. Uh, which is which seems so insane given uh, the like, how unreliable he's been. I mean, the, the most maverick of moves. He did interestingly enough. If this were 2010, it'd be very exciting. He had 10 goals and four assists in 2010. <laughs> or if it were 2008, when he had seven goals and one assist. Uh, we, were, we were living so high then, smoking cigars uh, yeah. uh, and just talking about Cameron Jerome all the time. Good, good, good times. With Jerome there, but he's he's so he's four point eight, uh, incredibly affordable. And the next four fixtures for no, excuse me, the next I guess four of the next five uh, for uh, Norwich are really strong. Uh, home to Leicester, away to Newcastle, home to West Brom. Uh, then they're away at Man City. So you, you know you you really you you would you, maybe you only want to make this movie had a strong fifth midfielder, uh, but away to Man City and then home to Swansea in game week five. Uh, so that's a, that's a pretty strong five-week stretch there. All right. You're making a pretty compelling case here for Cameron Jerome. Now, is the other guy you're thinking of Kone? Uh, no, it's actually it's a, a Yoz Perez, the uh, Ayose Perez. All oh, right, right. Newcastle uh, uh, forward, Ayose Perez. He had a <laughs> – yeah, oh, yeah. I'm glad you oh, mentioned yeah, him. I, remember. I, see you, I can imagine you stroking your chin right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, his goal against Chelsea was outstanding. I mean, so, I can't remember another goal he's ever scored in his entire life. But He's a player that I – so what, what I really want to do this week is not uh, make any moves and have two for next week, uh, in which case I would turn Dini into Perez because they're away at Man City this week. But then from game week 8 through game week 14, really – or game week 9 through game week 14, they're really strong. They're home to Norwich, away to Sunderland, home to Stoke, away to Bournemouth, home to Leicester, away to Crystal Palace. Yeah, that's now, not bad. Yeah, and he had a he had a run last year. You know, he didn't he wasn't playing consistently, uh, but he did he scored seven goals last year. My uh, cons- my concern with that Newcastle team is is that is that Chelsea draw a fluke. I mean, they were playing with such incredible passion. I guess we'll yeah. talk about this a little bit when we recap the game week seven action. Yeah, but, it, uh, it, but they it, were expending so much mental energy out there. I think the thing is, you wouldn't if you, if you were to make a move for someone like Perez. I don't think. The money that you'd save, I think you'd want to like hold on to that money. You know, you wouldn't you wouldn't want to. It's just, uh, kind of a short term plan. Yeah, you wouldn't want to reinvest it throughout your squad because right. it's a pretty good chance you're going to have to, uh, you know, cut bait on him pretty fast. Right. So I think I, I think if you were to say our tat our top two picks, that would have to be Vardy and Sacco, right? 
Um, which which are both yeah, a, I little, think so. a little the, bit more expensive than the 5.8 yeah. price tag the, for Calendars. The, Pre, the Perez one is a, a Yo's. God, I really think we're saying that wrong. Uh, we should start <laughs> looking these up before that. Before we record. Nah. Uh, yeah, but uh, Perez on just call him Perez. So, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. Perez, uh, he's the one that I'm that I'm personally looking forward to bringing in. But I think if you really wanted to make a cheeky punt, then uh, Cameron Jerome is the one that I would look at for for this week. I love it. That's some curveball thinking. All right. So I think I, well, we've seen, I've seen it in the forums. I don't want to. I don't want to get credit for like. Uh, yeah. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. This is forum talk, after all. Forum talk, also known as trending topics. Trending topics. So our next question is uh, regarding our Manchester City assets and uh, what do we do with them? Yeah. Are we do we trust Aguero enough to keep him? And They're we have not- some definitely have some issues with the Man City midfield and defense. The I, I was I was really. I was a little disappointed when Pablo Zepaleta came out in the 90th minute of Man City's game uh, this weekend, or, or, or not not this weekend today, um, against uh, Mönchengladbach. And uh, I'm really just I, I'm putting myself in the position to have to say these words. You know, there's probably a better way to phrase this stuff. <laughs> so the, the problem is, I, I really given okay. So the, so the the larger question here is that Man City is about to about to go in this epic run of fixtures. Right, they're they're home to Newcastle, home to Bournemouth. Uh, way to Man U, and then home to Norwich, away to Aston Villa. So four of the next five games, um, and the Man U game, there'll probably be some goals in that one too. Four of the next five games are really, really, like, just, like, like huge point hauls could, yes. could happen. In, in any you know, other Man's dimension, day. you would be putting the armband on Aguero and just turning off your computer and not coming back for a month. But if you only have two Man City players, as I as I currently do, because I got rid of Silva a couple weeks ago, do you now bring you know Silva play today? Do you bring him back? Um, do you look at De Bruyne, who's looked really good the last couple of weeks and seems to be on free kicks too? Um, a lot of the free kicks that Zabaleta was taking earlier in the season are now being taken by De Bruyne. So. Um, that With the free him... kicks that Kolarov was taking. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, I'm sorry. Of course. Yeah, Kolarov. Um, so Kolarov is a little less valuable. Are you suggesting that Zabaleta sort of channels his his mind and body through Kolarov's body, which would that would be incredible? That is what I'm suggesting. <laughs> My God, <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> okay, so so De Bruyne is taking he's and he's taking corner kicks. But so say say I well he's we, taking some. I've seen Kolarov take corners too. I don't know what the I don't know if they're just whoever gets over there first or or is it uh if it's on the right side uh de bruin takes it or oh it's on maybe colorado took him when silva was gone yeah well anyway yes so anyway silva's going to be back if you had to choose and what are they are they equal on price now silva and de bruin uh yeah are pretty close like within within a tenth of a million let's see if we can let's pull it up here they are both um so de bruin has actually jumped silva uh, by a tenth so de bruin is 10.2 Silva is ten point one, and that's those are really the only two midfielders we'd look at, right? I mean, you wouldn't want to bring in. Uh, I mean, I, I guess Sterling is an interesting option too. If um, he is, he is like the Mesut Ozil option. He is. The, he didn't have as much money. He's the budget option <laughs> if, at eight point nine. You know, trust me as far as you can throw me, but at this point, I think I would bring in Silva because just watching the City team over the last few weeks, where they've struggled a little bit. You can see that they've really missed Silva's motor in that midfield and his creativity. And De Bruyne, as great as he's looked, he's not the one that's trafficking that ball across the entire 18 and um, looking for those incisive passes. 
I think the only the only concern is whether Silva's going to be treated very carefully over the next couple of weeks. You know, I mean, yeah, and that's been if, Pellegrini's if, mo in the in yeah. his press conferences, right? If, if he's got this ankle problem, um, it, you know, he could definitely aggravate it again. Uh, so, I mean, there's a good chance. I mean, with Newcastle and Bournemouth back to back at home, this is it's really a prime opportunity to rest Silva. Right. I mean, you would you would I mean, I. Yeah, you probably Newcastle's performance against Chelsea, notwithstanding, you would expect that to be a game that that Man City is able to win pretty easily. Yes. On paper, you don't need Silva to play. So if you wanted to, I think De Bruyne is actually the slightly more secure option. And in fact, Sterling may be the more secure option, too, because he was already he's already been rested once. Uh, He was rested in game week five. So I think. You'd feel pretty good, I think, about having him as well. Um, it's hard for me. You know, we talked about this, um, or I, we talked about this a little bit on Twitter, but this weekend was an incredible weekend for the Game Week 1 template team. Yeah. It was like <laughs> Theo Sacco, Walcott. Yeah, Theo Walcott, Harry Kane, Sacco, um, you know, uh, Man City, or Man U, uh, Defender. Like, yeah. all of these all of these people that, um, that, that I had on my team. Oh, oh and uh, of course, um, the, the Dutchman. Oh yeah, Memphis Depay. Memphis Depay comes through. Do we have to speak about that idiot? But it would have been like a hundred point week for me if this happened seven (laughs) weeks ago. (laughs) Yeah, and Graziano Pella, who I've had in my squad this entire game. So, but this is the time of year when you really have to. um, You you can't let short like short term things that have you know like you you can't be afraid of bringing good players back in just because they didn't perform. We talked about this with. um, with Walcott a minute ago, but I think the same thing applies to Sterling. You know, just because game weeks one through four weren't so strong for them doesn't mean that you, you know you just can't bring it back in. I mean, it's, it is like it's like emotional. It's like it's hard. I, yeah. I struggle with this too. You know, this feeling of like, well, I just this guy sucks. You know, yeah, it's like this yeah. is why like I can never have Oscar in my team. Everybody's got their player, right? Yeah, and Oscar Oscar's mine. Just Oscar will never be on one of one of Josh Lennon's fantasy teams. I just I can't handle it. Well, I'm thrilled to see that Joe Hart is back in the action. He ha- apparently had a man-of-the-match performance in the Champions League. And yeah, saved a penalty. I mean, I'm, I'm like, why can't I get fantasy points for these midweek penalty saves? It's amazing how I was – I had one of the busiest days of work I've had in months. And I have like a minute-by-minute recall of this game. <laughs> yeah. I, just, I, I was such an – it was – part of it is the, the whole UEFA coefficient thing where I'm like – I just feel very invested in how the Premier League clubs are doing right now because – they might actually lose their fourth Champions League spot to Italy. Oh, as did you, there was an article that was linked to on Howler's Goldmouth email um, from the BBC talking about how the um, Premier League TV money has kind of uh, thrown off the Premier League's, Premier League's performance in the Champions League because now that all of these other teams have all this money to spend, like, say, Stoke City with the money to bring in guys like Shakiri or John Stone's having the security to not have to go to Chelsea to earn a, right. a decent wage. And this is making the Premier League even more hyper-competitive and taking all the juice for them out of the Champions League, which I think is an interesting way to think about it. Yeah, I, and to be honest, I don't I don't really care. I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, you know, that that fourth place spot is Arsenal's and maybe if they had a and it wouldn't even apply I think I think it actually wouldn't even apply until next year anyway. Um but I think um well, I mean we, the champions the Champions League in some in some ways 
I feel like it almost happens in theory. As an American, they're on you know the games are on Tuesdays and Wednesdays at two forty five, right? So you can, you can track them at work every night. You know, if it's a slow day, maybe you can even stream them for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, like around Thanksgiving weekend, you know, Thanksgiving week, we I can watch like yeah, I, your... I probably watch about six hours of Champions League all, all year, right? Yeah. Because it's so it's mm-hmm. so hard to to find the time to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. You know, I mean, and I love the Premier League, and I love how competitive it is right now. I mean, this the table is it's a work of art right now. It's, it's absolutely incredible. It is incredible, but we didn't grow up with the Premier League. We've we've since adopted it, and we want to root for a league that is among the best it's, in Europe, is, and not the world. Which it right? is. It's among the best. Yeah, <laughs> it's in the top <laughs> in five. in and around the best. And I think for us, you know, as Americans, we don't have that national pride. It, you know, it doesn't reflect on us as a nation, you know, when <laughs> we perform. Yeah. Uh, it's true. Well, I, so I have the captain's armband on an Aguero right now against Newcastle. What about yeah. you? Uh, I, I have the same, and I'm debating turning Eden Hazard into, um, into one, of the, um, one of the Man City uh, midfielders, which would, it would probably be De Bruyne, um, just because I, I'm a little worried that Silva may not start, and... I'm still working to overcome my own Sterling bias. The other, the move I want, I wanted to make, and I, I started to talk about this earlier. I don't think I finished my thought. It was I, I love the idea of actually bringing in Bakary Sanya and having two defenders, which is always a risky strategy. But you're worried about that Zabaleta rotation. Yeah, now I, now I'm concerned that Zabaleta is going to take one or two of his starts. I mean, you know, we're not talking about games at home to to Chelsea or you know Arsenal or you know some 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 game where you really want your best players. These right. are two games at home to. You know, two teams are going to be fighting to stay up this year. Right. Um, what a great chance to give Zabaleta ninety minutes. Right. Yeah. It's uh, true. So I, you know, and I hate burning a transfer on a player who may not start. You know, it's just such a. Uh, there's nothing worse than, than making a transfer having that player not play that week, <laughs> so, uh, which has happened to all of us. And you know, it's brutal. It is totally brutal. So, a- anything else on City before we move on? Nope, I don't think so. So those are our trending topics. Uh, any cheaters out there, obviously, will be following what's trending on the internet for for your own listening pleasure. But if you have any topics you want us to discuss, just send them to us on Twitter. At Hell Cheaters is where you can find us. Okay, so since we're, you're probably listening to this very late on Wednesday or Thursday, our eyes are not looking back to game week seven. Let's just go ahead and jump into game week eight and look at, look at uh, what's coming up and how we can uh, set our squads to optimize these fixtures. Right. Let's optimize. So, um, game we, week- need a, we need music for the optimizer. We do. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're going we're gonna to be calling up our old friend Zach Kerr to see if he can uh, give us some optimi- yeah, Z- optimizer music. <laughs> we've made Zach listen to a countless uh, crummy podcasts that we've come up with. By all accounts, not a sports fan. <laughs> and yet he has created so much sports Twitter music. For I think at one point we asked him to create a jingle with, uh, and the the comp song was anything off of a Jock, jo- jock Jams soundtrack. <laughs> but he did a pretty good job, actually. Yeah, absolutely. The guy's a professional. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so so game week 8. Uh, how do we who who kicks us off here? All right, in, the, so, in the optimizer. Yeah, yeah the, in the optimizer. Uh first match is uh, Crystal Palace West Brom. Uh West Brom looked pretty good in this match and or it looked pretty good against Everton until Everton had this really unlikely comeback. I, I don't know if you watched any of this game or were listening to it. It was um, I was listening to it on my phone. Well, I was doing my usual NBC Sports Live extra app face down. 
Yeah, it was all about Lukaku who just who just took over. It was a, before, like a Rocky esque performance. You thought he was down, and then he got up and went for the knockout blow. Yeah, really impressed with Lukaku. Not as impressed with um, what's his name, the midfielder who's been. Uh, oh, uh, Barkley, Ross Barkley. Yeah, <laughs> not as not as impressed with Ross Barkley. Barkley who, is he, he? He's so good at getting everyone's spirits so high, and then you know I'll, I'll eat my words. I was saying the same thing about Juan Mata effectively last week. Uh, disappearing. I mean, he they, they had a breakaway at the end of that game, and, and he should have. He really should have assisted. There were like two open players on either side of him. But anyway, well, let's let's move on from my my anti. We'll, we'll get we'll get to Everton points. later. Yeah, that's and, true. And yeah, it's about Crystal Palace and West Brom. I wasn't now. Granted, it was it was against it was you know it was it was against Wadsford, who's not the most uh, terrifying opposition. But I thought Crystal Palace looked really good on Sunday. Uh, was you know really impressed with with how tight they were in defense. I mean, given that. Um, given that they're, they're still missing Joel Ward, that I think Delaney had just come back from an injury. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right about that. And Martin Kelly seems to be the one weak link there who will probably immediately get dropped as soon as Joel yeah. Ward is healthy. I think uh, Papa Suare is an interesting player to look at. He is a 4.5 million defender who plays for Crystal Palace. Um, he's played every week so far this season. And um, Gotta love that consistency, man. Yeah, four point five midfielder who's and he's picked up some bonus points too, I believe. Yeah, well, well, two on the season, um, but they've actually and they've only kept one clean sheet. But he has an assist to his name as well. Um, not just a lot the, of love for Jason Punchin yet this season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, he's just not the player you'd want in that team. I think. I think uh, he has Johan, been in the past, though, right? But Johan Kabai is you know he's on penalties now, as as we know. Yeah. Uh, you know, controlling the you know. Has the ball at his feet a lot of the game. He's only six point four, so he's you know he's only half a million more than Jason Bunch. Hit the post the week before, so yeah. the guy's gunning for goal. I like that pick. So what about clean sheets though? I mean, everyone's jumped on West Brom, a West Brom player. Like I picked up Craig Dawson along with a lot of other people. Yeah, looking for these West Brom clean sheets. Any way they can stave off the Crystal Palace attack? <laughs> I think it's definitely possible. Uh, that I mean, the, the Crystal. It's a weird. There's no one player on that Crystal Palace team who, I mean, from a fantasy perspective, it's it's hard to know who you even want to have, right? I mean, Gale did look pretty good, even though he missed a boatload of chances. <laughs> um, Zaha, you know, has been has been benched already this season. I mean, Kabai yeah. is Kabai. Ba- Balassi is an there. explosive player, but he's uh, he's looked a little wild this season. Yeah, so I think that um, given that there's no, you know. Yeah, I think that West Brom could definitely keep a clean sheet in this game. I, I would be starting at my West Brom players if I had them. And Berahino, worth considering, too, coming off of a goal. Um, yep, and he's, you know, that would be a, that would be kind of a off-the-wall forward choice. I mean, no one's talking about him. Uh, but he's he's only 6.2, so, you know, 0.3 more than, than Wilson. Um, has scored the last two games. Um the next three matches for them are um, away to Crystal Palace, at home to Sunderland, away to Norwich. So, you know, those are games where you, you know, you'd be happy to start a, a West Brom striker. Yeah, and then and then home to Leicester in game week eleven. I mean, at this point, despite the fact that we're all kind of rooting for Leicester and love the way that they play, I mean, you want to just follow that team around and Absolutely. start start midfielders and forwards <laughs> against them. I mean, they are there is no way they're keeping a clean sheet this year. <laughs> no way. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I, I fear for the West Brom clean sheet. I kind of want to predict a 2-0 win for Crystal Palace here. I'm going to go with, a, like, a, I think this could be a nil-nil draw. Okay. Early morning game. Yeah, okay, let's go with that. Okay, it's going to be tough to get out of bed at 7.45 start, start, Eastern time. It is, yeah, start your defenders. Uh, all right, who's all right. next? 
Uh, so that brings us to the 10 o'clock fixtures or 3 p.m. if you're um, if you're there. <laughs> Just in case you needed us to do the math, in case you didn't know that. Uh, what about the- our good friend from the Hail Cheaters Mini League who lives on Christmas Island? What time is it there? I don't know. What time is it on Christmas Island? That's, that is a good question. Did you look that up? Did, you, did we find out where Crystal, Crystal we did, it's, is? It's near Australia. It's okay. in the Indian right. Ocean somewhere. Gotcha. All right. It's meant to be beautiful. <laughs> I'd like to go there some someday and learn what time it is there. Maybe we should do a live podcast in Crystal Island. Christmas, yes. Christmas Island. <laughs> also Crystal, Crystal Island, if there is one. <laughs> yeah. All the islands. <laughs> all okay, right. Villa, uh, Villa Stoke. Villa Stoke. Um, yeah, Villa. You know, couple couple late goals in that in that Villa, Villa Liverpool game. I, I don't really understand how that happened. I mean, that game was cruising towards a two nothing, three nothing game. Yeah, I didn't watch any of it, so I didn't see how Gested scored his goals. I assume he scored them off his head, which he's, he's supposedly a prodigious scorer of goals from his noggin. Yeah, I, I didn't. There were too many other good uh, ten a.m. fixtures. For it, me it, to do. It's true. And that Liverpool team is not very fun to watch right now. So I was yeah. I was not watching this game. Though Sturridge is back. I guess we we'll, we'll get to Sturridge when we get to the Merseyside di- dar- Derby. <laughs> when we get to so, the Merseyside Derby. So yeah, Rudy Gestad, who you brought up earlier, is um, yeah, it seems too early, right, to, mm-hmm. to bring Gestad. Uh, yeah, you, Aston Villa's form is so shaky right now; you can't call anything there. Yeah, and their fixtures aren't that that strong anyway. I mean, they're you know home, home this week, but then they're away to Chelsea, away to Spurs, home to Man City. Uh, you know, I, I in fact I have I have. Uh, Michael Richards, and I'm planning for him to have a long stay on my bench starting in game week 10. So as far as Stoke, though, goes, I'd be interested in uh, investing in one of their midfield players for this game if I was shopping around, even though Shakiri is a doubt, uh, according to the FPL site for this game week. Um, let's see, what is this problem? It still feels like oh, they're got kind a hamstring. Of, yeah, it still feels like they're tr- they're they're. They're figuring out, you know, what the best eleven is, or, or you know, what what formation works best for them. Yeah, the one consistency, um, weirdly, is Arnatovich. Yeah, who's been terrible for. <laughs> yeah, he was such a frustrating. Maybe it's just the man bun, and I'm just I'm just biased against him. You know, he actually had is it seven the man ass- or is it the man bun? He scored one goal last year. He actually had seven assists, which surprises me a little bit. Uh, I, you know, maybe I'm a little biased against him uh, just because I don't like the way he looks, and he, he has a tendency. To sky the ball over the bar at like any opportunity, uh, he does. He does. <laughs> he, he, does he, he looks like a very emotionally fragile player too. He gets upset very easily. Yeah, he doesn't seem to communicate well with his teammates. But um, Juif is an interesting player. Uh, Six point five um, scored again. You know, was injured for a while, but you know he was looking really good in game weeks two and three. Um, you know, game week four was that was that weird uh, double red card game at home to West Brom. So you can't yeah. really take that too seriously um so yeah he's he's definitely one to look forward to or, or to you know keep on your radar yeah so uh, yeah not that not the forward i would probably move to from from callum wilson but yeah. you know i don't know something to keep an eye on so jack but you're definitely going to start jack butland here in goal for stoke there's hope of a clean sheet here yeah and he's racking up a lot of save points too i mean the yeah. other option is is schmeichel and uh <laughs> which i guess a way to norwich i mean it's kind of it feels it's kind of a coin flip but i, I i'm feeling i'm feeling more yeah, confident it, with, with butland uh right. on the road to aston villa right right okay so who's next all right next fat uh, next match is uh the the promoted derby 
Bournemouth and Watford. This is going to be a fun game. I am going to make a point to tune in for some of this at least. Me too. And uh, this is one of the reasons why if I'm going to make the move, if I'm going to finally get rid of Dini, which I've been trying to do for seven weeks, yeah, uh, it would be after the, you know it'd be it'd be nice just to get rid of him right now because uh, I you I could bring have, in I Glenn Murray. I could bring in Glenn. No, I actually can't afford him. He's a, he's slightly his price is a little too high because he was at Crystal Palace at the start of the season. This is the saddest story of all time. A man who can't afford to bring Glenn Murray. In. I know it's you know, it's it's awful. <laughs> uh, so. It is a, so it's a little bit of a bummer that this game won't feature Callum Wilson. So I, I guess uh, Matt Ritchie is going to be your star. Bournemouth attacking player. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it could be. Could be Richie. Could be. Um, I mean, it could be Murray. I mean, Murray looked really. You know, he looked pretty strong at the end of end of last season. Mm-hmm. For uh, sure. Palace. So yeah. yeah. Um, and a proven goal scorer actually too. He had some pretty bad injury problems, which um, which affected it. I, I, I know he was really strong for Crystal Palace when they were in the Championship, and then uh, battled injuries the whole time they were in the uh, Premier League. So, um, but he's kind of. He, I think he's like thirty three. I mean, he's not a. He's not like an up and coming player, right? He's, three, he's 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 my age, so he's really he's on the decline. <laughs> but uh, I would expect goals in this game, though. Yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, if you're if you have Watford defenders, you're going to stick, right? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, what, you know, they could have kept it clean. Uh, that, that was heading towards a nil nil draw until the late penalty. But yeah, that was a weird game because Niam just got. Niam has looked so good this year. Um, <laughs> you can't say his name without me thinking of one of your proposed FPL team names. Niam, yeah. Niam, Niam. Niam, Niam, Niam. <laughs> uh, it's too he, good to not use, so yes. anybody out there, please feel free to use it. He was getting burned so badly by Wilfred Zaha that they had actually had to take him out of the game uh, in the like the 75th minute. Yeah, somebody in our always cheating Twitter stream was predicting uh, a Niam penalty. Because he was playing so, yeah, so wildly. It, yeah, it did happen. And it did so happen. I think um, predictions come uh, true. Yeah, one, I, I think like one one or, or two one, um, one way or the other. It's hard to know. There have to be goals in this, in this game. game. If there aren't yeah. goals in this game, everyone's going to tune out. I think unless they're a fan. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. All right, who's next? Uh, Man City Newcastle. We talked about this a lot already, so I don't think we have to dwell on it too much. I mean, this this seems like an easy new uh, Man City win. Yes, for sure. Yeah, and armband for both of us is sticking on Aguero for the time being. Now that could certainly change late Friday night after a couple IPAs. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, uh, Norwich Leicester, and, and my man Joe Hart is hopefully going to be back in goal. I mean, I'm sure he, he is yeah, after he Willie Caballero's complete disaster against Spurs last week. Yeah. Uh, all right, so the next match is uh, Norwich Leicester. Uh, would expect. Well, what do you what do you think about Mares? I mean, now he's he's got to be the most owned player in the Premier League. Yeah, um, I mean, he's allowed to have an off week. He's not going to go nuts every course, week. It's just. Of course. It's improbable. It's it's Im- impossible. No, I I, cu- I couldn't agree more. Um, but it's interesting how nobody's talking. I mean, I guess it's just no one wants to dwell on it because it's yeah, it's sort of, one, you know, you can't you can't perform every week. Yeah, uh, I mean, you've got to like his chances against Norwich that where they, I mean, they have looked organized at times and not organized, disorganized other times. Yeah, he is far and away the most owned player. By the way, like, take a guess. What, what do you think his ownership percentage? Well, is? I feel like we were looking at him a week ago and we saw that he had crested fifty percent ownership. So what is he like fifty three percent? Yeah, fifty two point eight. Nice. Guess. Yeah, <laughs> which is. I think about 18% higher than any other player. Uh, Kolarov 
Interestingly enough, Kolarov and Klein are uh, the top two defenders. 33% of the people managers have Nathaniel Klein. That's got to be a template team. Well, I'm I'm one of those guys, and I brought him in two weeks ago. I mean, either I'm a template manager or I'm a complete moron, so you take your pick. But I think the game week one template had had Klein. Yes, agreed. He had a lot of promise because his, you know, he's such an amazing season for Southampton last year. Other than that, it's, uh, yeah, Guerra Martin. Wow. What do you think Marshall's ownership percentage is on Manu? Um, I'm going to guess 37. No, it's it's 30%, but it's, 30% seems very high for... Uh, for a, that's that's yeah. the same as Hazard at this point. Yeah. Okay, anyway, so... So, <laughs> <that game aside. laughs> so I, yeah, there's there are no clean sheets to be had in this Norwich Leicester game. Leicester, think so. they can't they can't get a pizza party to save their freaking lives. Although I think we're both planning to start George R. Russell Martin in this game. Absolutely, he's yeah. he's in the goals. He's going for the golden boot. He dances <laughs> with the dragons. <laughs> All right, so that brings us to uh, Sunderland West Ham. Uh, this you is know, the West game Ham that is still to panic what, over the weekend. West Ham is still you know, the, the the thing that may give you um, that may ease your concern a little bit if you if you don't bring in a West Ham player is there they're, they're they're not their strategy against you know the top club seems watertight and their strategy against mid table teams is a little bit different. It's like they don't know how to play a you know like a less counter attacking style when they're right. up against a. A team that they really buy all country. I mean, this team is this West Ham team is really is full of talent right now. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's actually kind of amazing that Andy Carroll is playing on this West Ham yeah, team. Yeah, they, they brought in Victor Moses and um, Yelovich. I mean, even Kuyate, right? I mean, that yeah. guy is like a under the radar. Maybe their fifth or sixth best player. You know, or, you know, but he's yeah. I don't know. Just I love the way that team is looking right now. Um, they're not keeping a lot of clean sheets. Uh, but you know, Mark Noble. It's just a fun. It's yeah, a fantasy stuff aside. They're a fun team to root for right now. Yeah, I, I agree with you though. Uh, Sunderland being a scrub team, they're going to play West Ham a little differently, and it could be a little confusing for them. Yeah, so I, I think I, I do think West Ham will, will win this game though. I, I something like uh, I could see this being like a three-two game. You know, I could see like just a lot of goals in this game. Yeah. Um. All right, then the twelve thirty fixture. Who we got? Twelve thirty fixture. We got Chelsea Southampton. I'm looking forward to this game. This should be a pretty evenly matched. A real statement win for Southampton at home to um, Swansea. Yeah, I agree. And they they had a dip in like the fourth and fifth game week. And they've picked it up again. And uh, thank you, Graciano Pele, for giving me some joy in my forward lineup the last (laughs) few weeks. Yeah. Um, He's looked marvelous. And I hope he'll be involved against Chelsea. Chelsea are, are definitely leaking goals. It does seem like eventually we're going to see them just like Chelsea just post a normal Chelsea style win, like mm-hmm. a two nothing win, like I know, they did against Arsenal. Yeah. yeah, but that wasn't there was that game was anything but normal. That game was insane. <laughs> it was truly insane. We uh, went to hell and back in that game. <laughs> so I think um, maybe maybe it's time. I, you know, I mean, eventually they're going to. I just I, I refuse to buy that they're not going to go on some run where they win like. Eight out of nine games. I know that there's like this th- third season syndrome with Mourinho, but this team is—it's just—it's too talented. And I, I feel like I've said this like every week on the podcast, but it, it is going to happen eventually. They're going to just 
roll over the league for seven or eight weeks, and maybe it starts here. But that's just I, I do wishful think, thinking, probably. Yeah, no, I do think you're right, and I'd feel a lot better about this game for Southampton if they were playing at St. Mary's. But um, yeah. And the Southampton midfield, they've got great players like Mane and Tadic. But yeah. if, and Mane could score in this game. He could. But it seems like if Mane isn't afforded any space, then he's immediately taken out of the game. I mean, yeah. like, like metaphorically taken out of the game. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we'll we'll see what happens there. And, yeah, Tadage is interesting, too. But, you know, Tadage is not – I'd be reluctant to have him on my team right now because it doesn't seem like him scoring or playing really well precludes him from getting excluded from the squad. Yeah. Right? You know, he can have really good – like, he had that – remember he had a big game against Liverpool last year, right? He just scored a big goal uh, late. Um, and I think he was on the bench for the next two weeks, you know? Yeah. So, well, it I just, don't know. It yeah. seems like the coach doesn't really like him. Coleman. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, the coach. I'm so American. <laughs> the gaffer. <laughs> uh, all right. So that gets us to the Sunday. Uh, we'll, we'll be hoping for Hazard to show up to this game. And I think this is a game that Hazard could show up to. Southampton's yeah. defense isn't any big deal right now. I think so, too. So that's OK. So we get to Sunday now and three great games. All three of them are, are games I'm, I'm really excited to watch. Yeah, And I've been telling you I, I've had brunch plans made for me, which I it's really difficult. I mean, I can't I can't just watch soccer like all thirty eight all thirty eight weeks. No, it's you really can't. It's, yeah, but but gotta find the balance. yeah, it's just really hard to tear yourself away from this lineup. It's fantastic. It's the first match, uh, early early morning fixture, uh, Everton Liverpool Merseyside Derby, Everton, fantastic inspirational win, Liverpool reeling after dog shit just looking terrible for weeks and weeks i guess Sturridge is a is a light for them a light of hope a beacon yeah he's a valuable player for them uh less valuable as we discussed on last week's podcast from a fantasy point of view unless the problem is if man city didn't have this run of incredible home fixtures it would make a lot of sense to move or at least consider the possibility of moving from uh aguero to Sturridge. yeah i thought about it yeah it's it's Save like two point six million. Um, you know, he looks he looks terrific. Obviously, he's he's when he's healthy, he's you know one of the best strikers in the Premier League. Yeah, but he could uh, just explode into a million tiny pieces of glass at any moment. I think that if if he had another big week, if he if he played well the next couple of weeks, I think you could start to see t- you could start to see you know a, a shift in the template, and you could see Aguero and Sturridge. I mean, it's not certainly in years past it wouldn't be uncommon to have you know two or even three strikers who are nine to. 13 million right right and just and just take all that money in the midfield it doesn't really make a lot of sense right now because there are some there are so many points to be had in the midfield right i mean mares paye you know um the man city midfielders there's a lot of there are a lot of places to spend your money where you're getting more consistent returns than yeah. than you get with Sturridge. i mean um so he's not one i'd bring in right now but you know I he think- and he and costa both i mean at some point diego costa is presumably going to be an, an option again as a as a you know from a fantasy point of view <laughs> maybe sure yeah so I, I don't see any clean sheets in this game yeah this game for me is from an fpl standpoint is a striker's game it's either yeah. lukaku or it's Sturridge. are they guys like ross barkley um i mean it'd be nice for lukaku to have a have a big game and a big it, it does seem like lukaku's goals tend to come i'm not saying he's like a flat track bully exactly but it does seem like a lot of his Best games come against. I seem to recall teams. a Merseyside derby where you had Lukaku in your squad, uh, maybe two seasons ago, and he ended up scoring two goals. Do you remember this? 
Yeah, I vaguely. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a while. It's, it's been, been a while, Lukaku. Let's see it again. Let's see it again. All right. Then uh, the later fixtures we've got. Uh, first one is Arsenal, Man United. Uh, complete. Um, Coin I don't know. I don't know anybody. I mean, if I were uh, impossible game to gamble on, if that's you know, I I, I would not. Um, Fantasy. I mean, like it's, it's it, fantasy or real life, where fantasy meets reality. <laughs> I, I don't know how to feel about this game. Uh, I'm certainly going to be starting Alexis in this game, but yeah. uh, any any outcome would 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 not surprise me. You yeah, know, I could no, see, one one two two. Yeah. I could see Arsenal going out <laughs> that, there. And number just, that wasn't a draw. <laughs> I I could see Arsenal steamrolling United. I could see that both teams being stymied and it being a nil nil draw. But here's my prediction. Uh, Kashelny, uh slide tackles Marshall in the box for uh, ill-timed, gets a red card. Juan Mata scores a, on the penalty. United win one nothing. Okay, I, I could see that. It's it, it, the pro- the problem is that that Arsenal's lost Olympiacos this week. Does it help or hurt them? You know, I mean, does it does it make them? I, it's actually probably good for Arsenal if they have a match of this of this like level of importance that like, you know, right after the Olympiacos loss, cause they can't, you know, they, they don't have some match, like some, some easy match where they don't have to gain, you know, they don't have to gear up for I me. Mean, they have to go, it's like right back into the fire with this game. So I, I do think that they, I don't know. I mean, we know well, they Alexis haven't proved themselves emotionally is. capable in any game this, this season. Yeah. Um, I mean, Chelsea case in point, that was the biggest game they had had, uh, in the season yet, and they just totally bombed that. Yeah, the only player I would really consider having in this game, or I mean, I have him. I mean, like, I, I would, I don't, I wouldn't, I certainly wouldn't be bringing a player in from either squad for this game, um, unless you wanted to just get on the Marshall thing before his price got crazy high, because um, he he does seem like the real deal. Yeah, yeah. If he scores this game, he'll be approximately fifteen million in the game. Uh, yep, that's <laughs> so he, he's going to jump up that one hundred and twenty percent ownership. Yeah, he's going to break the the three tenths of a million rule that's been in place, uh, which apparently is like we all just assume that's the case. Like no one, I, you know, it hasn't been confirmed this year, but he had enough transfers in this week that if the rule wasn't in place that you could only go three tenths, then he would have he would have like, you know, whatever the metric is, he would he like broke through that <laughs> metric, so he should have gone up point four by all accounts. Good for good for him. Good for him, yeah. Uh, but the you know, fixtures aren't that strong for Man United over the next several weeks anyway. So, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, either you brought him in last week and you're probably going to keep him now or you're going to wait until, uh, you know, things get a little bit better around, um, not like week 11, week 12. But, you know, the next three games are um, away to Arsenal, away to Everton, home to Man City. So I, not, yeah. not games you necessarily want a, a, a bunch of fantasy players in. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I agree. Steer clear of this fixture. All right, so that brings us to the last match, uh, Swansea Spurs. Another hard game to predict. Yeah, two seemingly equally matched teams. Though Spurs is on the ascendancy now. Though I just saw that Sun is out with a foot injury. Oh, really? I, I hadn't seen that. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Well, that that probably just hurts came them, through on the that, wire. Yeah. <laughs> Did it, you're, getting, you're getting like phone beeps as this podcast goes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I don't. I don't know if he's definitely out, but it, it was raised as a concern, and he's he's registered as a doubt in the game itself. All right. Here's my prediction. I'm putting my faith in in Gary Monk, the Swansea manager, whom I who might admire greatly. Seems like a very likable guy. Smart haircut. 
And I think this is a bounce back game for them. I predict a 3-1 Swansea win with a goal and an assist for Buffatimby Gummies. Tim. I love it. Tim, Tim Gummies. You know, the more we talk, the more I feel like maybe I'm just going to stick with my with Ayu and, and Gomez and hold on for two transfers. That might be a, that might be a move I consider. So I would put an awful lot of faith in this fixture. It's a wild swing, Brennan, from minus 12 to, to no transfers at all. If there was a way for me to just get 12 points somehow through prediction, you, you, you will make a transfer. OK. I, right. I know, I know you. I know you want people to resist. It's going to be eleven forty-five on Friday, and you're just going to you're going to pull the trigger. Well, now all of our listeners know that if I do make a transfer, it will be for spite. Or if <laughs> if you don't make one, yeah. Now, yeah. If, if our <laughs> listeners know if I don't make a transfer, it will be for spite. It will be despite Josh. <laughs> All right, cool. So that, that that's your lot. That is your lot. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, and thanks for holding off for another day for this sick podcast. Um, so keep listening. You can subscribe to us uh, on iTunes or Stitcher Radio or, or SoundCloud. And you please write us a review if you like the show. Where else can people find us, Josh? Uh, they can find us. Uh, they can get the lead code on our Twitter page um, or on Facebook, which we don't we don't post on Facebook too often, but we do post every new episode of the podcast on there. Yeah, so you can kind of follow the episodes there if that's your way, if you're spending most of your time on Facebook. Yep. And uh, otherwise, um, you can find us on Twitter or um, or on the website, alwaystreeting.com. Absolutely. So uh, great. Good luck to everyone in game week eight. I know, uh, last, last week before the international break, which is coming too soon. So enjoy. Um, also, uh, Josh, I wanted to let our listeners know that Quadro Poku was voted in the MLS 24 under 24. He's number seven with a bullet. Oh, Poku. Sweet Poku. Yeah, hashtag Poku forever. All right. Hail cheaters. See you, Josh. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.